0: Hello, and welcome to episode five of Moving to Elgin, Texas. I am your host, Matthew Novelli. I uh, hope everybody is having a nice Friday, a great Friday. Weekend is almost here. Uh, yes, I am recording this on Friday the 23rd, um, and it will go live on Tuesday the 27th. Um, future podcasts are all podcasts from here on out. Uh, plan on releasing them on Tuesdays at 5 a.m central standard time so i believe there's a way to record now and have it go live then um i did it once so hopefully i can do it one more time so anyways uh for today's episode um i do have it uh focused um pretty much most of it or half of it at least uh on elgin so i did um talk to a few people um uh, that uh, some locals and uh got some great information and websites and stuff to go to so um that's where a lot of this information is going to come from um as i read you what i got i'll quote or i'll say where it comes from and i do have a few terms uh, that i'll get to if i still have time um so yeah let's jump right into it for the first part of this i wanted to this is just off of wikipedia um it's the history of elgin um so Let's see. Uh, okay. In 1871, the Houston and Texas Central Railroad built through the area and established a flag stop called Glasscock, named for George W. Glasscock, a local resident and Repul- uh, Republic of Texas soldier who lived in the area in the 1830s. Glasscock was renamed on August 18, 1872, for Robert. Morris Elgin, the railroad's land commissioner, following the practice of naming new railroad towns after the officers of the company. Elgin was established. The original plat placed the train depot in the center of the one-square-mile area. Um, The original plat for the Houston and Texas Central Railroad was to have uh, run uh, uh, run from McDade, 10 miles east of elgin southwest to colorado to the colorado river at a point somewhere between bastrop and weberville then to austin following the river these plans however were thwarted due to a major flood of the colorado river in 1869 hence rerouting of the railroad through what is now elgin um then i wanted to read down here i'm gonna scroll okay By 1940, Elgin was also the site of two brick and uh, tile plants. Elgin Enterprise was uh, stimulated during World War II by the proximity of the Army training facility, Camp Swift, um, which is a military base here in town. Uh, It's right up the road from where we live. A third brick company was established in in the town in the mid 1950s, lured by high quality clay deposits in the area. In addition to the brick plants, A local sausage factory processed thousands of pounds of beef and pork a week um eight hot sausage uh, no sorry elgin hot sausage continued to enjoy a widespread reputation and elgin rapidly became the most important agricultural center in bastrop county five cotton gins and a cotton of uh oil mill uh were in operation at the same time other industries included feed and grain processing and hydraulic press manufacturing. Um, let's see. Okay. And I'll read this last paragraph here by the eighth, by night, by the 1980s, proximity to Austin had begun to attract commuters to Elgin in the mid 1980s, the Elgin, the Elgin courier, which is who I'm told, I was told that I should reach out to them for more information on Elgin was still published was uh, still being published. The sausage and um, archived. Uh, the sausage had art achieved wider fame, and two brick and tile plants were still in operation. Elgin was also the site of a furniture plant and leather and leatherworks. Um, I did skip a few paragraphs, but uh, that's just kind of the um, gist of it. Um, I didn't want to do like a full blown history lesson here. There's some other uh, information I want to get to other. Uh, so to so allow enough time so I can get this within the 15 minutes, uh, I just kind of shortened that a bit. But um, anybody, if uh, were was curious, they could always go to Wikipedia. I'm sure there's other sources uh, as well for the history of Elgin. Um, so the, the next section uh, is the popul- those population demogra- demographics. So for average family size, and I got this uh, information from the EDC websites. Um, I got it. And so it's actually Elgin, Texas. Well, no, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, it is yeah, Elgin, Texas gov. And this is where this information is coming from. Um, so the average family size is three point one nine. What is point one nine? What does that mean? Like like half a person, not even half a person, um, maybe a baby. Uh, am, average family size. OK, median household household income. 48,333. Median age in years is 30.7. So median age in Elgin is 30.7. Interesting. Okay. Um, So Elgin's 20 year population projection. So in 2000, which um, looks like when population that this population chart goes back to um, Elgin was at 5,700 citizens or people that lived here um, by 225. It is estimated it, and they call it tapered growth. And I tried to look up tapered growth for population. I didn't really get a definition. So I think it's a conservative guess of where the um, uh, growth is going to be. But uh, it, it's at 30,775. So um, and that's in about a 20-25 year. Time frame from 2000 to 2025. So 25 year, uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's jumping up about six, six times. So I mean, that's, it's a pretty large jump that they're predicting. Um, so okay, the next section, what is Elgin famous for? Okay, so the first and this was on the EDC, um, Economic Development Corporation, again, that's the Elgin Texas.gov website. Um, so it is the sausage capital of Texas. Um, okay. So, uh, and it said this on the website, we have been making famous, our famous hot sausage for over 125 years, right here in South Side market, barbecue Inc. Uh, in Elgin, Texas, part of what makes Elgin hot guts as the old timers call it different from other sausages in the area. And, uh, in the area is the seasoning and quality of the fresh ingredients, and it comes in only one flavor, hot. Don't let that scare you, though. We lightened up on the pepper back in 1970s so that everyone would enjoy, be able to enjoy. For those who still like the original, we took the extra pepper and put it into authentic Elgin hot sauce, which I've had. It's pretty good. Um, Okay, so it all started, so I guess this is all the, the, the sausage capital of Texas, where it all came from. It all started in the 1800s when Henry Mayer, or Meyer hitched a ride from Germany to the US, bringing his recipe for smoked sausage all the way to Texas. Then around 1915, Henry taught his son, Rudolf Carl George, that's how I'm gonna say it, G-E-O-R-G, if I'm mispronouncing it, I'm sorry, uh, Mayer, and that's his last name. The secrets of his mouth-watering sausage. Uh, soon, R.G. R.G. Um, was the hit of his friends, making uh, uh, big batches of it for them every chance he got. With some prodding fr- uh, from his fans, R.G. was persuaded to start marketing the tasty sausage and founded Meyer Sausage Company in 1949, with the birth of Meyer's Elgin sausage. Uh, came the draw of a new civilization, the Q-topia, Texas. Why qtopia Well, as RG always said, qtopia is the perfect state of barbecue. All right. So interesting. Um, okay. So new projects coming to Elgin. And again, this is the um, EDC website, which is elgintexas.gov. And. The projects I've got here is Seton Clinic and I'm sorry, I don't have the actual like exactly where and uh, if I'm able to find that out, um, I will um, talk about that in future uh, podcasts, but I just have each um, new business and a little bit about it. So the Seton is a 5000 square foot clinic Uh, It's a two point two million invest dollar investment after hours hours. Medical services, eight new jobs, 15 acres of medical services. Um, okay. The next one is the Circle Breweries, 12,000 square feet brewery, 2.2 million investment, uh, full-time and part-time jobs. It doesn't say how many, but looks like it's it's pretty big according to this map. So um, be interesting. Okay. Brixton is a 650-acre mixed-use master plan community. With 1,900 single family lots, 580 multifamily units, an elementary school, 22 acres of commercial retail, and opportunities for recreational uh, facilities um, such as parks, ponds, and trails. And okay, and then the last one um, Southside um, barbecue expansion. So I guess they're expanding it on the restaurant there. Off it's 290, new drive through added a deceleration lane on westbound 290. Um, yeah, $500,000, new sales revenue, estimated nine new jobs. Okay. So that's the information I have on those. And um, okay, let's see. Okay, so for the terms, let's get to the terms. I have two terms here. Oh, well, yep, we're one term, so it's pretty in depth. Um, the it is debt to income ratio and they have it DTI for the acronym it's a number used by mortgage lenders which is determined by the total of your debt expenses plus your monthly house payments divided by gross monthly income and multiplied by 100 not sure why it's multiplied by 100 but um but anyways uh helps lenders to determine affordability based off their available loan uh, programs allows lenders to estimate how much you can afford to pay monthly for a mortgage um, lenders typically look for borrowers who pay 20 or less of their total income on housing so a lender is going to before you or when you apply for a loan uh to purchase something uh they're going to ask for information like how much uh is uh, you make on at a job from your job um how much is your are your expenses and so once it adds all the expenses and what the house payment would be that's going to be the number and then it uh divides the i guess the income by that they just want to make sure that you're able to pay back the loan by how much um you make at your job your income um they are I think, I mean, I would hope most lenders do this so they're not, um, uh, you know, allowing you to take out this loan that you're not able to pay because, you know, they want to make sure you're able to pay because they're there to make money as well. And if you're not able to pay them back, they're, I mean, I don't think that looks good. Maybe, you know, then the bank can get back the house and then maybe something else can happen, but they're not in the business to like lose money, a lender. So, um, they want to make sure that you're not getting in over your head when you take out this loan to purchase this house. And so um, they will ask for a bunch of information um, when you get a loan and to make sure, again, that you you don't get in over your head. Um, OK, so equity. Let's talk about that. Let's OK. I think we have a few minutes um, on. All right. Where was I? Okay. Actually, yeah, let's let's actually let's talk about FHA loans because let's since we talked about um debt to income ratio as far as lenders go, and FHA is a loan, so uh, let's let's talk about that. FHA loans are part of a group of loans that are insured by the federal government. This means that instead of actually lending money, FHA lenders uh insures banks and private lenders that they will cover the losses they might incur in the event that the borrowers do not pay the loan in full timely, uh, or, or timely. Uh, so they cover the loans. So to get back to it, if somebody's not able to pay a loan, FHA covers a lender. Um, I don't know a whole lot. I need to, to look into that a little bit more. It's one of those things that I kind of know a little bit about, but I'm not as comfortable with it as I, I, sh- I think I should be. And, um, Maybe I'll uh, look at that uh, in future podcasts as well. Um, So, anyways, we're coming up on about 15 minutes. Um, I think that's all I got here anyway. So, it it seems like perfect timing. Uh, I want to say thank you for listening. Um, Please tell, um, you know, uh, help me spread the word. So, if you hear this and you kind of uh, maybe, if you like what you hear, or even if you don't like what you hear, you know, I'd love to hear feedback. That's what I'm trying to get is some feedback here. Whether you like it, whether you don't like it, did you hear something new? Is it, you know, stuff that you've heard before? Um, do I need to improve on this? I'm sure I need to improve on a bunch of stuff. Let me hear some of that feedback. I'd love to, uh, to get some of that. But uh, that's it for me. Um, I'm going to shut this down. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Again, we are recording on Friday. So when you hear this on Tuesday, you're like, Why is he talking about the weekend? Because I I record a few days before it goes live. Um, But that's, uh, again, that'll be it. I hope everybody has a great day as well. I hope to see you soon. All right, bye-bye.